And welcome into the Dog Central Show. I am Graham Coffee. This is Josh Hancher. You may know me on Twitter at Dog Out West. You may know him at Dog underscore Stats. Uh, we are here this evening to do a couple things. We're going to take a look at uh, some tape from Tyron Ingham Dawkins on G Day because we think he's going to be a major piece for UGA in the coming year. And we're also going to look at some Pac 12. Uh, over under win totals, Josh has compiled a lot of awesome data. We are also premiering this evening for the first time ever on the show. We will have Telestration, which I think we're both super excited about. Yeah, we've, we, we've kind of made uh, our way into this stuff, doing breaking down game film, and we know by the metrics that's what you guys really like, and we like doing it. And uh, we fill in with all kinds of analysis and stats and stuff, but we all like looking at the game tape and you have done a killer job breaking down some Ingram Dawkins from the G day game. And uh, if you want, we can uh, get right into that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Uh, why wait? Right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. And it's going to start playing as soon as I press this button right here. Wham. Awesome. So yeah, Tyron Ingram Dawkins, for those unfamiliar, five-star recruit in the class of 2021, rising uh, redshirt freshman, 6'5", 280 pounds out of South Carolina. So Georgia's going to use him all over the line on G-Day. You see him lined up right here at defensive tackle. Uh, at the snap, he's going to make a little move inside and then come up field and make a really nice play. Uh Good job just kind of jumping the snap, getting off Broderick Jones. You see, keep his eyes up there, hips square, comes into the backfield, puts a nice hit on Kendall Milton. It's a really nice job there. Uh, here he is again lined up at the DT position, and he is going to get into uh, basically just a, a little bit of a pass rush war here with uh, Xavier Trust. Really nice job there with the hands, flips truss around and uh i think we may have skipped a little bit there but uh, no worries um here you he's you lined go back up. a little bit to that and go back yeah yes I, I don't i don't know maybe it's just my feet on this side but um here he is lined up on yeah. uh trust number 73 right yeah yeah right here okay so when we get the little dynamic zoom here uh you're gonna see he is going to just basically shrug him off. You see him use the hands there. That's the thing I'm really impressed with Ingram Dawkins is just really good hands for a young defensive lineman. Um, good technique with plenty of athletic ability. But gets in the backfield, forces that throw a little early, doesn't get there for the sack. But this is what we want to see, right, is him winning these one-on-one -on -one battles against Georgia's first-team offensive line, which is who he was facing on G-Day. Um, so here he's going to go against Broderick Jones. Yep. And so you get the run play here. Kendall Milton is coming kind of inside, and uh, he does a nice job of just kind of – Filling, filling the gap here, works his way a little bit towards that inside, uh, just helps clog it up. He's not the guy making the play, but he's also not the guy getting getting blown off. It's it's good gap sound football, assignment sound football, uh, being where he's supposed to be. So here he's going to line up a defensive end. And what, what's interesting for me about Ingram Dawkins is I think he could be the guy that kind of plays that Trevon Walker role as like a four-eye defensive end and then also – coming in as a D tackle on 
like pass rush or I'm sorry, uh, like third down situations. Um, but yeah, this is a speed rush. If we can go back to that, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And slow that down maybe a little bit. I don't know if you can with this one or not. Um, yep. But just he's going up against Broderick Jones, who we saw handle Will Anderson really well in the national title game. He is 280 pounds, and he's going to do a really nice job moving him back, moving him back, coming off the outside. Does he make the sack? No, but he's there kind of speeding up that clock for Stetson Bennett. It's what you want to see from a young defensive lineman, again, going against Georgia's first-team offensive line, which I think may be one of the best in the country this year. Um, so here, back at that that end position again, over on the edge. And at the snap, you see here, does a really good job of keeping that base square in there, hands high on the inside of the shoulders of the left tackle, and then has his eyes in the backfield. He's going to move in and fill this hole that the back is heading towards. And you see the uh, safety there come in and make a nice play. But that play was made by Ingram Dawkins, right? Like he's he's there forcing that back to, to bounce it outside so his guy can make a play. Um, back again as defensive tackle. And yeah, so on this play, Nolan Smith is going to, drop into this kind of zone right here and Ingram Dawkins is going to come around this outside uh, kind of filling that, that edge rush sort of role, but impressed with his quickness on this play coming across the face of the offensive line, getting around this edge again, not looking for him to make a sack necessarily, but we're looking for him to, to come into the backfield and, you know, break, break things up force the force the ball out of the pocket, force an incompletion, which is what he did there. And so here you're going to see a stunt with him and Jalen Carter. Maybe do this one in slow motion if you can, Josh. Um, so Carter is going to take off upfield. Ingram Dawkins, a little bit delayed rush. A little poor technique, not great technique there on the, on the stunt necessarily, but you see him squared up there with uh, Xavier Truss. And uh, I'm sorry, Devin Willick, I believe, is, is who he's up against there. But uh, just watch this move with the, the hands. I mean, just throws throws the guard off, puts his hands up in the air, and helps to force that ball be an underthrow from Setson Bennett, which allows his defensive back to make a play on it. So it's the little things that we always talk about on this show, right? The details. These are the details that, you know, normally a young defensive lineman – He's just going out there with like a deer in the headlights and trying to get upfield. Dawkins is doing a few more kind of detail oriented things with his game that make me feel like he's going to be a really polished player for Georgia. Um, so yeah, back at that defensive tackle spot this time lined up on the right side and uh, he is going to go up against Broderick Jones right here. You see them, uh, engage and he's going to do a nice job getting off of Jones coming inside and again forcing the ball out early forcing the incompletion great play by him again defensive tackle and yeah he's just gonna basically rush at the snap here and you see him again there with the hands you see how he's turning turning his man 
and then coming right around him there into the backfield. It's just a complete pass, but it's a really good pass rush by him and a nice job. Probably it might have been might have been a hit uh, when, in a non scrimmage. Yeah, game. that's for sure. It's definitely tough about G Day. There's some plays where it's like, would this be a sack? Yeah. So this was really impressive to me. Just the athletic ability to flip the hips right there at the snap, get around the center, uh, force force Bennett up in the pocket. That was actually called a sack on in the G Day game. Um, so, but I mean, just super super disruptive. Like, truthfully, more disruptive than we saw any uh, any interior lineman be against Georgia's offensive line throughout all of last year. And that group basically returns everyone but Jamari Sawyer. So, um, and then again, just, you know, another another coming around the, the edge there. So at 280 pounds, you're talking about a guy that is six foot five, has really good long arms, is using his hands really well, has the athletic ability to – come around the edge, but also is polished enough with his technique and his handwork to to shed opposing defensive tackles, or I'm sorry, offensive tackles and move guys around and, and get in there and disrupt things. So we're going to do a lot of looking at kind of up and coming players, especially on defense with, with all that Georgia has to replace on defense uh, coming into 2022. So this is kind of the first in that series, but, uh, I, I personally think that in like a couple of years, uh, we're going to be sitting on draft night talking about how crazy it is that Georgia's 2021 defensive tackle room had four first round draft picks in Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Jalen Carter, and, and Ingram Dawkins as well. So I think he's that good. Uh, that's pretty awesome work. And it's, you know, it's we can always show highlights from last year, but that's, I mean, that's going to be one of the better teams that he's going to face uh, is the uh, his own team. Yeah. And that's what we, you know, we always talk about is, uh, you know, these guys play against other four and five star guys, which that's not always the case, especially early in the season after a few big games. So this that was all, I'm glad we still had some of that G Day stuff that you could break down with. That was awesome, Graham. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, with that, uh, you know, also jump in if you got any suggestions of players that you possibly could pull some game tape on or something like that. Or uh, we're really looking to get some feedback from you guys. And uh, at some point, I'm sure that you'll get a chance in an Ask Dog Central to, to maybe pick apart uh, or pick some more plays to look at from that or any of the other plays. So uh, we're looking to yeah, 100% right with you guys. So yeah, and if you are a Dog Central member, there's actually a thread on the forum right now, kind of soliciting. Uh, some some off-season requests so jump on there and tell us what you're excited to see all right and uh with that we're gonna start looking at some of the other teams and conferences other than the sec and outside of our region and uh we're gonna start off with the pac-12 it's been in the news we actually decided to do this even before uh all the all hell broke loose broke loose last week and uh well and i think obviously you know usc with the, with the, all the changes that have been made over there and uh, and all the transfers and lincoln riley they're certainly one of the lincoln most talked riley, about, yeah. yeah one of the most talked about teams in the preseason so uh with that and we actually talked about you know we uh the, some of the over-unders or in that conference uh champion odds and from circus sports and and mm -hmm. USC is the odds-on favorite to uh, be the Pac-12 champion. And, and uh, we talked about some of that. But with that, 
what jumps out at you about the Pac-12 this year? Besides our first opponent of the season, of course, being Oregon. Uh, I think I think that it's probably a little bit stronger conference than it's been in a few years uh, from top to bottom. I still don't think there's that like there's that elite contender that's that's going to be a college football playoff team, which means most people probably aren't going to pay as much attention to it as as they will uh, a Big 12 or a Big 10 or an SEC or even an ACC potentially if if Clemson kind of returns to to form or contention but I I think that there's some some solid teams in the Pac-12 I think that USC has been getting a lot of the hype and headlines and all that but like I I don't see them beating Utah. I still think the league runs through Utah, I guess I should say. Maybe they can beat Utah, but, like, personally, uh, I definitely am not as high on USC as I know a lot of people are. But the other side of it, too, is just it's going to be really interesting, man, because, like, this is the last time we're going to see this league with with USC and UCLA in it. So I think maybe we we will pay a little more attention because it's like, oh, well, I don't know when we're going to see – USC and Oregon play again after this year, right? Because these teams are heading out in 2023. Yeah, it it's. I know I've got some friends on the West Coast uh, being in the film business and stuff, and a lot of them are got some huge just USC fans. And I put this out on Twitter mm-hmm. as like, uh, there's some things that obviously it makes a lot of sense from business standpoint. And we don't want to get into the the realignment stuff. It's been talked about ad nauseum and stuff. But there there are a lot of fans that are really uh, bummed out. Both you know, that, that are USC fans and also, you know, other fans that just aren't, that are bummed out about the way, way this is going down, but it, it is what it is. Uh, but you're right. And with that talk about USC, I've got some graphics up here and this is uh, some offensive and defensive points per game, offensive and defensive success rate, yards per play, net yards per play, which is one of our favorite stats. And what jumped mm-hmm. out at me in doing this now, granted, I mean, this is last year and, you know, they, they made some changes and stuff, but uh, we did not do a lot of changes on the defensive side of the ball and USC was giving up almost six and a half yards a, a play defensively. I mean, that's, that's a lot you got to make up to be, uh, you know, playoff qu- uh, caliber defense. I mean, they're going to have to turn that around big time. Um, and the, in the, in the offensive, obviously I don't think you can really count. I mean, they've, they've added so much on offense that was still under a pretty, very underwhelming offensive performance. They're going to be a lot better on offense but still they've got to get that down a yard and a half to even be you know possible to beat anybody in a playoff like that so um and you've got some other teams that you like to to rival them uh you want to t you want to get into that or or you want to talk some more about some of these stats here uh well i mean i think let's just kind of go maybe team by team and, and talk a little bit but uh is there anything for you that that really pops out in terms of the these metrics of success rate or returning production, or is there anything that you looked at and said like, well, either in a really good or really bad way. It's a shame that Arizona state got just so decimated in, in the, in the, uh, the attrition of the off season because they uh-huh. were, they were not, they were good last year. They were, you know, tops in, in league and all these stats. I mean, they lost some bad games and, you know, they, they needed to learn to win better. So, um, and Utah has put together, you know, back, you know, several good years of consistent football. So, um, you know, certainly Utah should be able to compete with them. Oregon's going to be interesting again, having replaced Cristobal with our, with our DC Dan Lanning. 
Um, and, you know, what also jumped out at me, there's only one team, two teams, if Washington and uh, I'm sorry, um, ex- sorry, there was no teams that allowed less than five yards of play defensively. And most of them were actually like Arizona State, again, had 4.97 yard defensive yards per play. I mean, that is bare minimum uh, playoff quality. So this this is not a great defensive conference. Uh, and that doesn't get turned around league wide in a in one season. Um, and, you know, there's nobody that, you know, that really put any sort of net yards per play, which, or, you know, just to remind you guys, that's your offensive yards per play and defensive yards per play and subtract them. And then, you know, 1.7 to, you know, anything over 2.0 yards per play is what you want to be to be a lead. And none of these teams, any of these teams are going to have to make huge jumps in there. And, I mean, USC was actually negative half a yard uh, per, uh, per play uh on the net and then if we jump into the returning production yeah, dude, uh usc was really bad last year and i think yeah i don't like, I, I just think that it might be it, and it could be another lincoln rally team where they just have to try to get to almost eight yards of play offensively just to outscore the teams which might work for you know i, I don't think you can beat you know i don't think you can get to their their win total is nine and a half i don't know if you can get to 10 with that kind of offense i mean lincoln always seem to lose a game at some point uh, when he had possibly a better, better team, but they've added a lot um, on offense. So we'll, it could be an electric show. Um, you can see th- these returning stats uh, overall, you know, Stanford, which was a terrible team is returning a lot of, <laughs> a lot of uh, production from last year. So we've talked about this in the past that returning production does not, is not indicate a future results of, of future successes. Um, you know, in, in Arizona and Washington, you know, they're they're kind of a middle of the pack team, but they're returning a lot of production at 65%. And, um, you know, you see Arizona State being decimated at, you know, at 50% total production and with uh, yeah. just 43% coming back on defense. So let's, let's get into it. Uh, win totals, Arizona over, under of two and a half. Uh, juiced to the over at, at minus 125, but a very tough out-of-conference schedule. They open up with San Diego State in week one, which has been a very good G5 team for a few years and has a very good defense. They play Mississippi State in week two. And then in week three, whoever the hell scheduled this needs to be fired, but they, they play North Dakota State, which is just asking for trouble, the perennial FCS champs. Uh, they go <laughs> Cal, Colorado, Oregon, Washington by week, Southern California, Utah, UCLA, Washington State, and then end the season with the Territorial Cup against Arizona State. Um, I think that Arizona is going to be better than they were last year. Like Jed Fish was one of those hires that when he happened, I feel like everyone kind of laughed at it. And, and for understandable reasons, because he's not a college football guy, but like, he kind of quietly made that a, a better team last year and they got more and more competitive down the stretch, but that out of conference is just brutal, man. Like they could easily go, you know, three or oh and three to start the season against that stretch of San Diego state, Mississippi state, North Dakota state. And then it's just, I don't know. Where do they find wins on this schedule? I mean, like I want to pick the over of two and a half, but I'm kind of leaning under, which I mean is is the value bet. It is plus 105 if you want to go under, just because like 
I don't know that on a neutral field, I would make them a favorite over any of these teams. <laughs> well, um, I, I think you just stay away from that. You know, things get weird <laughs> at, the end of, at the end of the year when you're, you're betting to, to catch that. You two and a half win you, totals. You got to have two, yeah, you have two, two wins. So mm, I think I'll stay away yeah. from that. I mean, I think we got kind of burned last year on a, trying to talk up Vanderbilt <laughs> I think it was one of our few one of the few misses and I feel like that's kind of the same Andy thing in Missouri and, yeah same thing yeah yeah so um um anyway so, um so you're under on on Arizona I think I or over I'm sorry I'm gonna take you I, make, I would if you, you gotta make if I gotta make a pick yeah I gotta make a pick I'm taking over I'm taking All over. right, Josh yeah. is over okay um we're going to keep track of these and come back to it at the end of the year. Um, so Arizona state, uh, as you said, a shame that they were decimated. They had a really good young quarterback in Jaden Daniels. Um, they are six and a half win total I doubt. I was, uh, previously a hashtag firm for Herm, uh, <laughs> going into, <laughs> the off season uh, that ended up in the COVID year. And then a dossier got released uh, by a former Arizona state assistant detailing all of the kids they had had on campus in the middle of the pandemic uh, recruiting illegally. I'm not talking about like, like recent era pandemic. I'm talking about like, you know, even like the grocery store was shut down and Arizona, God, Arizona state has like kids flying in from, all over the country to, to recruit. So uh, six and a half, their schedule, we're looking at Northern Arizona opener. I think that's a win. Uh, Oklahoma State week two, Eastern Michigan week three, Utah, USC, Washington, Stanford. All right, do you have them at five and a half or six and a half? I got them at six and a half. Okay, the, the, what I pulled up was five and a half, and that's what I saw earlier, unless it's moved. A game, maybe that's. <laughs> but well, what was that juice to? Uh, I'm sure I don't remember what it was juiced to, to be honest. Uh, but that was what I downloaded and, and put in there. But I pulled it. Off, know, I pulled it off. Uh, uh, DraftKings. Um, DraftKings. But I mean, they're plus 100 on the over and minus 120 on the under. So like that line at six and a half seems like it's maybe it's moved a little bit or yeah. I don't know, but. Uh, right, we're calling it six. And, we're, you're calling it six and a half. That's we're I'm calling, calling it six and a half. Yeah, but so we've got Northern Arizona, Oregon, Oklahoma State, Eastern Michigan, Utah, SoCal, Washington, by Stanford, Colorado, UCLA, Washington State, Oregon State, Arizona. Um. All right, hold on. Let me let me count my wins here. I'm going over. All right. I like, I mean, I that was they, like, he got a lot of production in, on the offensive and defense last year. And maybe yeah. you can coach him up again and pull an upset uh, here and there. I think there's going to be the bunker mentality. Everyone's coming after us. Everyone's doubting us. Our quarterback is in Baton Rouge with Brian Kelly and his family. And, you know, <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is going wrong. But look, Northern Arizona win. Oklahoma State loss. Eastern Michigan win. Utah loss. 
I think they beat I think they beat Southern California in week four. I'm sorry, in week five. That's my that's my bold Arizona State prediction for the year. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take the over as well. I like that. All right. I like I, it. I, I I think that team and that they can get to seven. Can that's you it. pull up the? Uh, I'm sorry. Can, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Can you pull up that screen with the the quarterback transfers that you had earlier? Yep. 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 Because I like. Uh, nope. There you know go. what? I didn't realize. Okay. Jaden Delora is a good quarterback, man. Um, yeah. I might be sleeping on the Wildcats or the Bearcats or whatever they call themselves now. Um, <laughs> Cougars? No, that's he. No, Jaden Delora. Yeah, he was a Jaden oh, Delora transferred from Washington State to Arizona. Yes, there you go. Yeah, I can't even read my own graph. 100%. Yes, you were right. Yes. 20, yeah, 23 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 2,700 yards, yeah. seven and a, over seven and a half yards of attempt, and it's over 60% completion percentage. Yeah. And it threw a lot of passes. 360s. I mean, he threw a lot of balls. That's a lot. I mean, that's, that's yeah. one of the tops in the league in the country in terms of uh, attempts coming coming back or or playing this year, not coming back. He's going to Arizona. I mean, yeah, there you go. Look at his think, stats compared to Bo Nix right under him. Yes. Yeah, that's a tough I mean, lead. Bo, Bo Nix has a yeah, but he's got an endorsement with Milo's sweet tea. <laughs> no, um, you're right. Yeah, so th- there we go. There's a, there's. A, did you did you take the under? On the I'm taking under? the over. I'm switching. I'm switching my pick. <laughs> there you go. This is the I'm data over. that you get here on Dog Central. We can change and yeah. change minds and beat narratives right now. I mean the the whole transfer portal is everywhere. Um. Like, I mean, like, it, it's crazy everywhere, but it's really crazy in the Pac-12. There's, like, a lot of interconference transfers, it seems like, in the Pac-12 this year. Um, But Arizona State, so who do we like to play quarterback for Arizona State now? Yeah, I don't. I couldn't even find them, to be honest. I mean, like, I'm crunching so many numbers, and it's just like, I'm just pulling them oh, out. Oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you know, we obviously know Jackson Dart went to, to the SIP. And uh, and well, he was at USC. He... Oh, sorry. Who? Where? You're thinking of Jaden Daniels? Yes, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. yeah. Can't. I knew uh, he was somewhere down there in the in the SEC West. Yes. Oh my God! Yeah. They got Paul Tyson on their team now. Bear Bryant's <laughs> still... grandson that transferred oh. from Alabama. Oh, I didn't know that. How yeah. Did... And Emory Jones. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, that's right. Duh, duh. Yeah, people are yelling. They're throwing stuff at our at their streaming devices. Yeah, because Emory Jones transferred there, and that okay. I probably didn't update my data since then. But yes, Emory Jones is, is the, the Heisman. The Heisman is a Heisman favorite. <clears throat> Former top ten overall, uh, first round draft projected Emory Jones from PFF. Uh, I'm going under on Arizona State six and a half. I'm, right. I'm I'm down on it. I'm sorry, Arizona State. It's all right. Could could come down to that Arizona State Arizona game. It very well may come down to the territorial cup. Underrated rivalry, actually. Um, I think every everyone says that about every rivalry, but okay. I think Dog Out West would know. Dog Out West would know. Look, about that time of the year, it starts getting cold here, and it's really nice in Arizona. So I might go this season. Who knows? <laughs> 
Um, are you over or under on Arizona State? I am over on Arizona State, and I'm over on Arizona. All right. Cool. All right. What about Cal? Uh, Interesting offseason. Justin Wilcox turns down the Oregon job to stay at Cal, where he may future become the Mountain West Conference champion. Um, they are returning – Let's see. Anything interesting on the returning? Yeah, let me go back to this one here. Their returning rusher had 242 yards, 6.4 yards per carry. Not too bad. Um, or, no, that's the best returning receiver. Okay. Uh, I mean, we know Cal's always going to have a salty defense. Justin Wilcox coaches it up i like what he does there i'm thinking yeah i'm taking under on cal what what's your under what do you have them at uh, i've got them i got them at five and a half yes that's what i have five and a half okay yeah uh if i gotta take over on arizona and arizona state i gotta start finding the guys that are gonna go under and i like I, I think I'm with you there. I do like betting on Cal games. I don't know why. Um, they've done they've done well for me under the years, but yeah, that five and a half is also juiced to the one. It, it's juiced minus one twenty to the under. So Vegas agrees with you. Um, let's move on to Colorado. Right. Kind of interesting team. Had a really good 2020. Had a really bad 2021. Um, I uh, I think Colorado is definitely another over for me. All right, why? I think they got. Uh, I think they're just going to improve on defense enough to get an upset or two. Um, and uh, I just think that that's way too low. I think this. I I don't believe in the, the top half of this league either. I think it's going to be just kind of a, a lot of race to the middle. I think I think Oregon and Utah and UCLA are all – I mean, UCLA actually is the guy – actually, I'm going to take over on UCLA when we get to him. But uh, I'm taking mm-hmm. under US under USC. So, I think I think it's just going to be, you know, just kind of a bloodbath of, you know, no one's getting out of this out of this league with, with uh, more than nine wins, I don't think. Well, where's the offense coming from for Colorado is my question. And they can get enough offense to win four games. What's their schedule? I mean, that's probably true. I don't know. Their quarterback last year was 10 touchdowns, three interceptions, 58% completion, six yards in attempt. Not great. Not they, terrible. They got a tough game. Uh, uh, they got TCU at home, or and then they've got Air Force. They go to Air Force. They got another tough. They got a tough schedule. Oof. They open with TCU, Air Force, Minnesota, UCLA, and then they get Arizona, Cal, Oregon State, Arizona State, and then they end up with Oregon, USC, Washington, and Utah. That's a. They better get them early. Yeah, there's right. three and a half win total. So that three is what? It, so they're counting them Air Force. 
So they've got and three and a half. Yeah, you they're getting Air Force, Cal, maybe, and Air Force, Cal. Oh, that and... is a that's a tough schedule for a Pac-12 team. Um, yeah, I guess I guess Arizona, especially because they, the they got beat thirty-three nothing by Minnesota last year at home. Yeah, and they got to go on the road. Yeah, we're gonna fade the Buffs under three and a half. This this is one I feel pretty good about, folks. They got to win all those games, and they got to upset somebody. And I I think there's an upset in there. That's what I'm saying. So you oh. think they're gonna? You think they're gonna get? Okay, so I'm counting. I'm counting Air Force, uh, Air Force, Arizona, and uh, let's see. Uh, who was the other one? Cal. So those are the three I feel good about. And then they've got to upset Arizona State, Oregon. Maybe I could see them beating TCU. They, well, that'd be a good start to this over. Yeah. I don't think they will. I mean, but TCU's got to come. Like, they do have a sneaky home field advantage with the altitude. Like, it does, it does just kind of like mess with certain teams. Remember, it was on, it was this time of the year last year when I predicted. A&M to lose to Colorado on the road and yes two. and they almost did they almost did it was a 10 to 7 game I think it was all downhill for game. Colorado after that there it was all downhill for Texas A&M too <laughs> um, oh they got back oh yeah yeah well they got to their eight wins they got those yeah eight wins <laughs> 100 million guaranteed um Oregon, eight and a half. I think this is one of the more fascinating ones over here or on this, you know, eight and a half, uh, very even in terms of how the juice is spread around, plus 105 on the over, minus 125 on the under. So maybe not super even, but um, first year for our guy, Dan Lanning. We're looking at Georgia in the out-of-conference, then Eastern Washington and BYU, and then they play. The nice thing about the Pac-12 is, you know, they. so the Pac-12 North is a little bit, I think, sometimes more friendly schedule-wise. They get Washington State, Stanford, Arizona, by week UCLA, Cal, Colorado, Washington, Utah, and Oregon State. So, trying to pull the schedule up um it's okay yeah so they've they've lost travis die who transferred to usc who was a really good back but they do return a lot on the offensive line and that was kind of the cristobal was an offensive line guy so that was sort of the feature of the team i personally trust dan lanning to field a good offense or a good defense but I mean, they, you know, like they still have Justin Flo and some of those recruits there. Uh, Thibodeau's obviously in the NFL, but it's like they've got, I believe, do they still have Sewell? Noah Sewell? Is no, he still no, there? Did he transfer? No, no. No, he's not. Didn't he go to the NFL? Uh, no. He's still at Oregon. He's on the 2023 mm. mock drafts. Oh, okay. Panay Sewell is who you're thinking about. You're right. The offensive line guy. Um, all right. So this is what I'm saying here. Like, 
Give me Justin Flo and Noah Sewell and Dan Lanning. I think you're going to field a good defense. Uh, Anthony Brown is back at quarterback. He's not good, not great. They they have the stud five-star that can't seem to put things together and beat him out. But I think they lose to Georgia week one, especially because Kirby Smart's installed that defense so many times that he's going to just go to Todd Mocken and say, these are the things that are really hard to, to get figured out installing this defense um so georgia georgia's a loss i think they beat eastern washington that byu game is sneaky though man it's a really that's kind of a a tough one um where is that game that's what i want to know yeah uh it's at oregon Okay, that makes you feel better about it. I think they get that one. I think their losses right. are. I think their their losses are Georgia, UCLA, Utah. They don't play USC. Nope. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on. So I think their losses are Georgia, UCLA. I think they lose to Utah, but I also think they lose. I think they lose to Oregon State. Yeah, you're 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 big on Oregon State. I am. So I am going to. Uh, I'm going under. I'm going under eight and a half. I think they win eight games. Yeah, I do too. I think. I think. Like I said, I, I think they're. I mean, I could see an Arizona or Arizona, like just one fluky game. You know, first year coach. Um, you know, just it, it, yeah, I think, like I said, there's going to be a lot of seven and five and eight and four teams in this league or not a lot, but I don't think there's going to be a 10 win team out of this league. And the, I, there's definitely an upset in there, Oregon state or, um, you, know, you don't think you're talking win 10 games. No. Oh man. Come on. Brutal. Um, all right, let's talk about. The Beavs, dude. This could be their last ever season in a Power 5 conference. So, I think they're going to make it count. Over-under is six and a half wins. Juice to the over at plus 115. The under is, I'm sorry, juice to the under. So, it's minus 135 for the under, plus 115 for the over. Uh, so, if you bet $100 on the over, you win $115. I... I think this team is sneaky good. I think their offense was strong to end the season last year. Uh, They've gotten good quarterback play. They return. Yeah, I mean, they return a lot. 74% of their production is is pretty solid, I feel like. Um, Yeah, they're one of the higher teams in the Pac-12. And they were good last year. They were good. Better than what was their record last year? Uh was it seven and five? Seven and five, I believe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I mean they also and they return seventy five percent of their defense. And they return a lot in the secondary. Not I 
Yeah, I think they're sneaky, man. I do. Um, they don't make the chart very much, but that's okay. I'm going over on the Bees schedule. A lot of quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks coming back in the Pac-12. A lot yeah, of passing yards coming back. So Boise State Week One is a big one. I mean, the, the one thing that does scare me is this out of conference. They play Boise and Fresno the first two weeks of the year, which like are two of the best teams in G5 year after year. Jake Hayner is a beast uh, at, at Fresno. I think they beat Boise. They probably lose to Fresno. They win whatever FCS team they play week three, Montana State. Uh, yeah, I mean, they can lose to USC and Utah and still easily top that win total. Like, I think they could be two and three coming into that Stanford game and then run off three, four, five. Yeah. Wait, you changed your score. Yeah, yes. I was just checking. What did you have the the over under? I have it at uh, five and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half. Seven wins. That's tough. I don't think so. I mean, so, I think I think they I think they beat Boise. I think they beat Boise. They beat Montana State. They beat Stanford. They beat Washington State. They beat Colorado. They beat Cal. They beat Arizona State. That's seven right there. Okay. I'm not and I'm then, taking it. And I think, they, I think they I think they upset Oregon. Oh, okay. And I think that they, you know, I said that on the last one. I think they upset Oregon, so that's eight. And who knows? They may mess around. You know, I mean, they might beat Fresno. It's not crazy to think. I mean, Fresno's a good G5 team. So that would be nine wins. I think think Arizona State is – They might win that position. say that. What do you say? Right. I said a game is in Fresno. That's okay. Yeah, it's a way game, but that's all right. All right, you, you're down with the down with the beeves. Sorry, Chris yeah. Marler. Yep. Sorry, dude. But I am down with the beeves. Um, Inside joke. Not really. I guess if you're on not Twitter. really at this point. <laughs> um, all right, I'm taking the under there. All right. Cool. You take the under. I'll take the money. Just playing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> moving on. We have Stanford, four and a half wins. Let me go pull up their schedule real fast for us. You're. Uh, Plus 135 on the over, minus 160 on the under. Their schedule is some G5 team whose logo I don't recognize. Uh, USC, bye week, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Notre Dame, Arizona State, UCLA, Washington State, Utah, Cal, BYU. That's a brutal schedule, man. They end the season with BYU, too. That's very odd. I don't see five wins. No. Not me. Not on this schedule. 
Ain't no way. We're going to make this nice and easy. Under. Under four and a half. Moving on to UCLA. You said you like the Bruins. Why? Uh, They've got a hell of a lot of offense. Returning quarterback, one of the better in the country. Yeah. What are they returning uh, at the receiver position? They, let me pull that up. Hang on a second. Yeah, we got a phone. They got Jake Bobo. Yeah. That dude Solid. somehow had 74. There's a lot of Bobos. I haven't gone through all this. There's a lot of Bobos happening in the uh, more than I oh, expected dude. to find. I forgot that Jacob Cowing transferred to Arizona as well. Yeah. Uh, he's he's really good. This is yeah. uh, cornerback returns. Yep, that's cornerbacks. I just saw the targets. That just... um, there you go, right there. Yeah, Cowing was a stud for Utah. That makes me feel even better about Arizona. Um, so, 105 targets. Not a lot of TDs for the for Jake Bobo. <laughs> I know. I almost wondered if that was a like a, no, a rounding that... error or something. <laughs> but dude, all right. So speaking of this, all right, we haven't talked about Jordan Addison. Uh, I mean, this blew my freaking well, mind. We got it. We got it. We're going. We got to. We'll get there when we get to USC. Okay. All right. It's a hundred catches. It's a lot. That is a lot of catches. Yeah, Jake has had uh, <laughs> this poor guy, man. The last two years combined, he's had a hundred and six receptions, two total touchdowns. <laughs> this Thank dude you. is like fantasy football players hate Jake Bobo. I bet. <laughs> um. All right, so I got UCLA's over under eight and a half. Yes, same. I'm All right, over. so you're over. Um, I think, yeah, they'll run their out of conference. They got Bowling Green, Alcorn State, and South Alabama. Play Colorado and Washington. I like them to win those first four games. I'm very interested. Like Washington's a huge unknown for me this year. I feel like just I, I don't know what they're what they're going to be, um, especially if they can get some decent quarterback play. Uh, Utah, I think UCLA will lose to. Yeah, man, that's I don't know, man. They got to win three out of four of USC. Utah, Oregon, and Arizona State to hit that nine-win mark. Yep. All right. Uh, I've got, let's see, they're going to lose to Utah and Oregon. And Arizona State. 
nine and three. They lose. Okay. All right. They're going to lose to Arizona or Arizona State. And I mean, just because they're going to gag it up and they're going to upset USC. They're going to. I do think they'll. I do. I do. I do always. Yeah. I don't know. The other thing, too, is everyone's going to be like up to like try and kick their ass before they leave for the Big Ten, too. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. Like that really, man. In. I, uh, I don't trust Chip it. Kelly. I, I don't trust Chip Kelly either, but I think he's, I'm going he, under. All right. You're I'm going over. over. That's okay. Yeah. I'm going under. Um, for whatever it's worth, this line is actually the only one. Well, one of two on here that's juiced equally to the over and under. It's minus one ten either way. So Vegas is as conflicted as we are. Um, moving on to USC, I got them at nine and a half. Is the win total? Uh, yep. Minus one twenty five on the over, plus one oh five on the under, and. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Josh. I think that USC is going to blow up on the launch pad, buddy. Um, they got Rice and Stanford first two weeks. I think they win that game. Don't sleep on my boy Jake Hayner. Nobody would love to, the Col- to come to the Coliseum and beat USC more than Jake Hayner. They got Oregon State, Week 4, Arizona State, Washington State, Utah, yeah, man, and they closed the year with Notre Dame. I don't think – I know that USC has brought in a lot of impressive skill talent. I don't believe in the defense, and I really don't believe in the offensive line. They are so thin at the offensive line, they couldn't run a regular spring scrimmage. So, I just – man, I preach this on Twitter all the time, but this is the time of the year where everyone falls in love with sexy quarterbacks and wide receivers and – skill players and they forget that football is won and lost in the trenches and so i am i'm slamming that under under nine and a half yeah i am taking the under like i said i think their defense has got too many holes uh and just not enough they, they were they got a lot of guys in the offense uh in the portal not enough guys on defense in fact the entire league is did not have a lot of portals uh transfers in on defense um and i just think there's no way they're gonna they're that defense is gonna lose them a game or and or more than or more than one game i just think they're just not gonna have an answer uh for you know like i don't i mean ucla could torch them that's what i feel like could be just you know especially oh i think utah will torch them yeah look what utah did to ohio state man i mean come on i think they're gonna light it up I also, I mean, you pointed out earlier, they were negative 0.46 net yards per play last year. That's a large, like, people talking about them being a playoff contender. That's a huge swing around to try and make in one offseason. I know there's a transfer portal, but still, man, that's just, that's too much for me to buy in on. Um, All right, so Utah, they kind of middle of the pack in terms of returning production for the Pac-12 bring back 60, 66% of their roster. Uh, Cam Rising is back. Stud. They they replace 40% of their offensive line. Um, 
I just here's my thing, man. Andy Ludwig, their offensive coordinator, I've seen him take teams with not great skill talent and turn them into bruising physical teams that'll just grind you down running the ball and play like man ball and physically beat people up. I've also seen him do what he did towards the end of last year and turn them into a a, a spread style attack and basically, you know, run cam rising all over the field at the Rose Bowl. Kyle Whittingham doesn't have bad years. He just doesn't. And nine wins is a lot, but let's look at their schedule. They play uh, Florida week one on the road. W. Yeah. Not even sure the FCS. They they play FCS team and then San Diego State. That's 3-0 and in my opinion, although don't sleep on San Diego State. We've talked about this. I think they beat Arizona State. I think they beat USC. I think they beat Arizona, beat Stanford, beat Colorado. The, the games that scare me are Oregon State, UCLA, Washington State, and Colorado. Um, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say over. I think nine wins is most likely. I think it's probably a push. But – in a coin flip situation, I like my odds backing Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think I'm fading Oregon, and I think I'm. Uh, I'm that should be Southern Utah. In Utah, I think is going to be second, second or third best team. I think Oregon drops down. I think UCLA. I think it's going to be a clump of teams up there. Utah probably might can probably might be the best. I don't know. Pac-12 champs, Utah. All right. There you go. Back to back? Repeat. Yeah, for sure. I think so. I mean, either – or Pac-12 champs, Oregon State. Huh? Huh? No, we're not going to be that crazy. Back to back, UCLA, USC, and Oregon State. Those are uh, – that's a tough run right there. But UCLA, USC, Oregon State. Yeah, that is a tough run. Um, but man, I just again I go back to it. It's trench warfare. Utah, they're they're built at the line of scrimmage like an SEC team, and none of these other teams are. So right. I like I like what they'll do. Uh, Washington. Nah. What do we know about Washington? Not a new coach. Yeah. Uh. Interesting schedule. Kent State FCS team. That should be two and zero. Then Michigan State. Tough one. Stanford UCLA Arizona State Arizona Cal Oregon State Oregon Colorado Washington State. That's a pretty tough schedule, man. Um, who did they bring in? They brought in Michael Penix from Indiana. Yep. If he can stay healthy, is really great, but he hasn't had a healthy full season of college football yet, so it's a tough one to predict. Um, who do they hire as their OC? Let's see.
Scott Turner. Wait, no. That's the Washington Commanders. (laughs) (laughs) This is live TV. Great. (laughs) Ryan Grubb. Okay. Uh, I do like Kalen DeBoer. I thought that was an interesting hire. Bill Steele here. Oh, you got the steal? Yeah. Um, they got rid of John Donovan, who's a plague on offense. One of the worst offensive coordinators in FBS football in the last two decades. Um, so let's see. Old Grub. I like the pedigree, dude. You know where he's coming from. Fresno yeah. State. Just on that alone, I'm in on Washington. Give me the over. All right. Over seven and a half. I'm taking it. Over seven. I'm taking under on that. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm big. I think I've got, I think my Pac-12 South has got too many wins on, on these overs. But They're North. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm taking the under on Washington, but I'm, you know, but uh, you just saying. like I yeah, Arizona, Arizona State. I'm, I'm, I'm in on and I'm down on Washington State and Washington. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, I don't know. I think I'm balanced out okay here. All right, finally, Washington State. Uh, maybe my second favorite football team in all of Division One, from a emotional standpoint. Always had a soft spot for the Cougs, Fireball, the Palouse, Ryan Leafs, 12 and 0 against the spread, 1998 team. Lots of great stuff. Interesting schedule. Uh, well, so I do want to talk first, actually, about the transfer that they brought in because they brought in the kid from uh, Incarnate Word who was really, really highly rated in the re-rate of the portal. Uh, Cameron Ward. Ole Miss wanted him. He picked Washington State over Ole Miss. Um, Listen to these stats from last year, okay? I'm about to blow your mind a little bit here. 590 attempts. That's a lot. Yeah, 384 completions, 4,648 passing yards, 47 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 154.2 quarterback rating. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he has legs as well. Um, All right, I am mistaken on that. He did not do much rushing, but 6-3... 225, big kid out of Texas. Uh, one of these kind of COVID year guys who really flourished late in his high school career, but no one was there scouting him from a small town in Texas and went to Incarnate Word and has really blown up. He's a good player. Um, so I do think that's interesting for Washington State. They are the type of program that is going to feature the quarterback. Their quarterback that they started last year also transferred out when this kid came in, which 
think it's kind of interesting. It says quite a bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, that was a team that everyone thought was going to fold last year. Yeah, and they they really the, the, continued to play well. Oh, they they played great, and it was sort of the definitely one of the the better stories of last year. And I was cheering for them. Uh, I'm not as down with the Cougs as you are, but uh, it was I was it was I didn't think that was handled any well on any on either side. But I was glad yeah. to see the team not, not give up. For sure. I'm trying to let's see here. See if I can find I'm trying to get I'm interested about this player because I don't obviously I don't have any of that division downloaded into my into, into my stats. So looking at the schedule, they got Idaho week one. Should be a win. The out of conference is a little salty though, man. They got Washington and then Colorado State. I'm sorry, not Washington, Wisconsin, and then Colorado State. Don't think they're ready to go on the road and beat Wisconsin. Um, Colorado State, I think, is going to be better. I think that's going to be a tough game. I still think they might be a year away, Colorado State. Um, Oregon, Cal, USC, Oregon State, Utah, Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, Washington. We're talking about five and a half wins. Juice to the over, plus 125, minus 145 on the under. So Vegas likes them to not win five and a half. So really, you got to get to six to win this bet, which I feel like Idaho, with Colorado that non-con. State, Cal, three. So they're going to have to beat – and Stanford is four. So they got to beat – You don't think they'll beat Arizona? Uh, that's what I'm saying. They got to win three more. They got to win – yeah, they got to win three of Arizona, Washington, Arizona State, Arizona State, and Utah, Oregon State, USC. So they got to split that basically. I'm taking the under. I'm gonna like. I'm glad it's the first too. one. I, I just like when Arizona State and Arizona shit to bed. I'm gonna get ripped, but. You're right. <laughs> I'm going under. I'm going under. Yeah. Hurts my heart to do it, but I'm going under. All right. So those are our Pac-12 win totals. Uh, I got UCLA. I got UCLA coming out of the south. We're both over two and a half on Arizona. I am under six and a half on Arizona State. Josh is over. We are both under five and a half on Cal, even though we think Justin Wilcox is really good at his job. It's just Cal's Cal. Uh, Graham is under three and a half on Colorado. Josh is over three and a half. We are both under eight and a half on Oregon. I'm over six and a half Oregon State. You're under six and a half. Under four and a half. For both of us on Stanford, you are over eight and a half on UCLA. I'm under eight and a half. I'm under nine and a half on USC. We're both I'm over under. nine on Utah. Yeah, we're both under nine and a half on USC. I'm sorry. I mean, we were both yeah. over nine on Utah. Uh, I am over seven and a half on Washington. You're under. And 
we're both under on Washington State. So I'm under on you know, roughly 75% of the Pac-12. I don't think they'll have a good experience in out-of-conference play. Uh, any closing thoughts on – I think you – I think we really got to talk about – I think you get a chance to talk about the USC offense and how many, I mean, they were getting players from everywhere. I mean, they got one of the better running backs from Oregon to come down. Travis Dye's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they obviously got uh, Addison from Pittsburgh, you know, I mean, that blew, I mean, I knew he was good, obviously. And then when I down, you know, when I was putting the stats together, I saw 144 targets and a hundred catches. That's insane. (laughs) for you know that's just so so um and you know they're gonna he you know they're so it'll be interesting to see not to mention caleb effing williams dude yeah i mean exactly caleb williams jordan addison the former number one quarterback in his class who led probably the greatest comeback of the 2021 college football season when he came on in relief of spencer rattler against texas and there's just not a lot of defense, and not a lot of a lot of good defense in the Pac-12. Um, we we talked about how many there's of Cal teams. and there's Utah. Those are the two teams that play defense in the Pac-12. Yeah. So, um, and but also, I mean, UCLA's got some some offense too that they're bringing back. And one, I mean, I and you know they're going to be fired up. And you know, Chip Kelly, I don't know if he's still got it in college but if if he's got talent the better team i think he can win some more games i'm i'm higher i mean i think i think the ucla usc game could be pretty awesome and it's going to make a lot of people yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's not gonna be bittersweet for anybody in the pac-12 they're just gonna be ticked off but just gonna um, be bitter yeah (laughs) just be bitter and stuff so (laughs) um it'll be interesting you you kind of alluded or you actually just said that they're gonna uh, not get off the launch pad. So um, uh, I think they're going to put up a lot of points. I just think the defense is going to be the one thing that's going to make them lose a couple games that they shouldn't have, uh, that they shouldn't lose. And uh, uh, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Like by get off the launch pad, I'm not implying they're going to lose to rice week one, (laughs) Um, but I'm not going to be surprised at all. And depending on what the lines are when, when it comes – because I think they're going to look really impressive against a really bad Rice team and a pretty bad Stanford team. Although Stanford does seem to just, like, mess around and beat USC once every three years, even if they have a three-win season. Um, but let's assume that's not going to happen this year. I don't think they can score with them. But Fresno State, I don't know, man. Like, those dudes get up to go and play USC – they went down and beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl last year. So, you know, why not go beat USC in the Coliseum and send Jay Kaner out as a San Fernando Valley legend? Um, but I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if Fresno State or Oregon State beats them in week three or four. Like, I think that USC is going to be good. I just think when you have a bad offensive line, Caleb Williams. So one thing I did look up before this show, I did my research. You looked up more than just one thing, but. Well, another thing I looked up that was interesting <laughs> that I should have mentioned earlier. If you're still watching, this is a good nugget for you. Uh, Caleb Williams had the longest average time to throw of any like power five quarterback last year, like of any quarterback that put up like a minimum of, I think like 
80 pass attempts. Um, so my point being at Oklahoma in the Big 12, where his offensive line is just better than everybody, and Big 12 has started to play very good defense, but they, they're playing like these drop eight defenses. They aren't blitzing a bunch. Like he could sit back all day and move around and, and chill and not that the Pac-12 is filled with stud first-round pass rushers necessarily, but like I do think his offensive line is not going to be very good and it's going to speed his clock up. And I mean, I don't care how good your receiving talent is. Like when it comes time for them to play, like, uh, do they play Notre Dame this year? Yeah, when they play Notre Dame or when they play even a Cal maybe or definitely a Utah, like there's going to be dudes up in his chin strap. And I just – I know Jordan Addison's incredible. They got a lot of incredible talent. But it's like those guys need time to get open. And Travis Dye is also an incredible talent, but he needs holes to run in and, and blocks to run behind. So I'm not saying they're going to be three and nine or anything like that, but it's like – I wouldn't be surprised if they are an eight-win team, seven-win team. They're probably more likely seven. a nine-win team. Seven would be. They're more likely nine than seven. Okay, I'll yeah, I'll say that. But like, I'm not gonna be shocked. And look at all right, dude. Before we go, how hilarious is it that Lincoln Riley went out there to duck a move to the SEC, and now he's gonna have to go play at Ohio State and freaking november at nine o'clock local time that is fantastic to me it doesn't make a lot of sense to me and and uh i just well they don't ask coaches about this before they do it no but no no the whole thing doesn't make any sense i mean like you know they pride themselves on you know the conference of champions and the olympic sports i mean and just all those spring sports that you're making Bill walton is crushed right now yeah i mean it's like how can you expect you know the women's soccer team and the swim teams and the softball and the and the men's baseball to do this travel and i mean like it's so apparently it's only for football and basketball oh when did that come out has it been out the whole time i think so what yeah so what conference yeah so are they leaving i don't know You read up on this, and we'll get your takes on it on the next episode. Um, I've got to go delete tweets. How could any rate? I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what that's what they said. Um, well, that would make that's good for those sports for sure. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but I do think it's hilarious that Lincoln Riley has to drag his ass to Piscataway, New Jersey, <laughs> to play on freaking Fox Sports One at like you know. God knows what time of night. So, I don't know. All right. Uh, all these yeah, stats. All this sta- yeah, yeah. I was going to say, all, before we go, all those stats we've been banging around and stuff, we're going to drop those in a in a post so you guys can look at them and uh, download them to your phones and sneak peeks at them when you're talking trash to your friends. We try to augment a lot of what we talk about with these numbers and stuff, so – and uh, we share them on the thread. So if you actually want to get and download some stuff and look at your own and comb through them yourself, they'll be available to you soon. Um, and I'm always looking for stuff to look up. I enjoy doing it. So hit me up in the, in the Dog Central forum. 
follow the uh, the Dog Stats blog along with all the other guys doing the Field Street Forum. Jason and those guys, the recruiting info that's just been pouring into the site has been unbelievable. Yeah. What you guys have done, Graham, kudos. Um, you got Lamar kudos and Jason. Yeah, Lamar and Trey just cranking out stuff with with prospects coming up. We've got Jim and John just doing their thing and keeping it light and real and and also adding a perspective, a lot of the like sort of opinion stuff. So please, I know it sounds like a commercial, but we're working hard and we're enjoying it, but we want you to enjoy it with us. Well, yeah, one thing I was to say before we go, like we're going to take all of this data that we're looking at as we do this show and uh, we'll compile that and, you know, make it accessible to you guys in the forum. So if you find this show and you're not, even if you're maybe not a Georgia fan, like hell, I don't know if you're going to bet over under college football win totals this year for six ninety nine a month, uh, having access to that data when, when August comes around and you decide to place those final bets, probably a good investment for you. So, um, and if you are a Georgia fan, all the more reason. So yeah, join us over there. Dogcentral.com. Uh, We'd love to see you. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. We got an advanced stat preview that just went up on uh, boundary receivers. But if you like deep dive stuff and you like this show, and if you're here and you're still watching, God knows you do. uh, (laughs) Come join us over there. We do. Supposedly we have 12 people watching on YouTube. Big, big shout out. Oh, I need to go look at the chat. All right, uh, let's get out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. Oh, man. Yeah, we got some chats. We'll get to them. We've got a lot going on in these shows, so we're going to get better and be interactive. But thank you guys for watching. And this has been Dog Sports Live.